You're listening to the podcast version of the Recruit of Talionis audiobook. I'm your narrator, writer, and host, award-winning author C.J. Malacy. Each week, we'll bring you further into the mysterious and dangerous dystopian world of Talionis and Bria's fight for survival. And we're kicking off this podcast a few days before the audiobook officially releases so that you can get a taste of the story. This podcast will drop a new episode every day for the first week until the full audiobook releases on October 6, 2023. After that, you can tune in each Friday to hear the next chapter in this story. Now, let's dive in. Chapter 4 Ugh! I grunt. Pain shoots through my side as a foot slams into my ribcage. Wake up, dirtbags! Time to move! A woman's voice yells from somewhere to my left as I'm yanked up by whoever kicked me. Ow! The cry escapes my mouth before I can stop it. My head is throbbing, my side hurts, and my wrists are tied together behind me so tightly that my fingers are almost numb. The man hauls on my bound wrists, dragging me to my feet. The pain makes one thing clear. This is not a dream. The man who pulled me to my feet tugs on my bindings. The motion and pain force my head down and I stagger forward. Stay here. He moves on to another person lying on the ground. I squint against the early morning sun as they startle others awake and bring them to stand in straight lines all around me. The frightened expressions on their faces confirm that they're as confused as I am. They're all close to my age, give or take a year or two. I scan the crowd for Jackson or Lency, but don't see them anywhere. There's no one I recognize. What is going on? Loose, dark curls are blowing about my face, but my bound hands keep me from pulling them into a braid like I normally would. All of the adults are dressed the same. Black cargo pants, boots, gloves, and a dark green shirt. Some have a gun slung around their backs as they move around, while more men and women surround the clearing with weapons in hand. We are in a man-made clearing large enough to contain the few hundred people who now fill it. A noise to my left grabs my attention. A dark-haired guy slams his head back into the face of the man trying to drag him to his feet. The man lets go, and a uniformed woman runs over, a weapon extended. A loud, zap! cuts through the air, and white lights shoot out and shock the guy. His body shakes, and then he drops to the ground, wheezing. When the man pulls at his bound wrists, this time, he doesn't resist. My stomach knots. Who are these people? And what is happening? My fingers pulse and ache behind me, and I long to reach for the smooth, well-worn leather cord of my necklace. Grasp the one thing from home I can hold on to. The weight of it rests against my neck. At least they haven't taken it. Yet. I squeeze my eyes shut. What happened before I woke up in the forest? I search my memory. The festival. We lifted our glasses for the toast and then... What happened next? I clench my hands and the bindings bite harder into my wrists. Frustration tightens my shoulders. Why can't I remember? I pry my eyes open and blink. Shay is standing in the line in front of me. They must have just brought her over. 
this might be one of the few times I can remember that I've been happy to see her. Shay, I hiss her name, my eyes darting around. Bria? She whispers and begins to turn her head. Don't look back. For once, she listens. Do you have any idea what's going on? I, uh... She clears her throat. At least she's keeping her voice low. I heard some of them talking earlier before they started waking everyone up. They said something about a transport that's arriving soon and making sure all the recruits are ready in time. Her hands are shaking and there are red marks on her wrists where the plastic bond cuts into them. None of what she's saying makes any sense. Transport. Recruits. I stop talking as they shove another person into line several rows up from us. Did they say anything else? Anything that could explain what's going on? I don't know, she snaps, a frantic undertone to her words. The prim, poised, and know-it-all Shay is nowhere to be found. Shay. I almost wish I could put my hand on her shoulder to comfort her. Then again, she is still Shay, even if I can relate to the fear in her voice. Calm down. Just think for a second. Can you remember anything else? I hope I seem calmer than I feel and that she doesn't hear my desperation for answers. She takes a deep breath that shudders when she releases it. Um, she swallows. They mentioned something about a commander or something. She shrugs. I don't remember. She sounds like she's about to cry. Please don't cry. I'm just... She takes another breath, hopefully trying to pull herself back under control. No talking information! The voice makes my stomach turn. It's the same voice that startled me last night. The voice of the man who drugged me. He's not very tall, but he's lean, and I know from personal experience that he's strong. There are scars scattered across his face, but his nose is straight and unmarred. Golden eyes stand out against his tanned skin in a startling and eerie way. They shift back and forth between Shay and me. Is that understood? He shouts inches from my face. Get out of my face. My voice trembles as I speak and my eyes narrow as I stare at him. I don't know what's going on, but I already hate this man. He grins. His hand flies up and smacks me across the face so quickly I don't have time to flinch. My head rocks to the side from the force. A burning, tingling pain flares across my cheek and tears rush to fill my eyes. I blink them away and clamp my teeth together, refusing to acknowledge the pain. Never talk to me like that again! He barks out the words and leans his face in closer. He's waiting for me to pull back, turn away, mutter an apology of some sort, but I can't. I won't. He will not see weakness in me, no matter how terrified I may feel. Each second that ticks by feels like an hour. Neither of us breaks eye contact. My cheek stings. His breath assaults my nostrils, coating me with its putrid smell. Knock it off! Finish securing them for transport! A man calls over. Make sure they're all lined up correctly! He stares at me for another moment and then pulls back. You've got a lot to learn, kid. You don't want to mess with me. He shoves Shay into the line next to me and then struts away. Our confrontation hasn't gone unnoticed. With the way he shouted at me, there's no way it could have. I feel the stares of those around me, teens and adults alike, but keep my gaze fixed on the ground. A few moments pass, 
Then there's shuffling and murmuring as people go back to whatever they were doing before. A sharp intake of breath from someone in front of me draws my attention. The soldiers are securing the teen's legs to one another, making a chain. A tendril of fear scurries up my spine and back down. Whatever's happening, wherever we're being taken, I can't let it go down without a fight. And there will be no way to fight once they attach me to others. One man approaches me and Shay, pulls a cord from the package bound at his side, and bends down to our feet. No, no, no. I can't let him do this. Terror claws at me, and one word flashes through my mind. Run! I fling my knee up into the man's stomach, knocking him off balance, and then turn and shoulder my way past the few people who stand behind me and sprint to the edge of the clearing, slipping through a gap between the guards. There's a shout, gasps, the sound of others moving, but I ignore it all and run as fast as my bound hands allow me to. I have no idea where I am, no clue which direction home is. I only know that I have to escape. I run as hard as I can away from the clearing, away from the dozens of teens and young adults being led away into a horrifyingly new life, away from the man I have learned to hate, even though I don't know his name. Tree branches scratch at my face, my arms. I stumble over a root and barely keep myself from falling to the ground. A warm, sticky substance trickles down my wrists. Blood. Tears spring to the surface. I blink hard, force them away. Now is not the time to cry. I need to put as much space between myself and my captors as possible. I race as fast as my legs will carry me over the uneven forest floor. Ducking under branches, sidestepping trees. My breath comes in short bursts now, my lungs burning. I stumble again, fall to my knees, strain to get up without the use of my hands. Then I run again. A branch hits the bruise on my side where I was kicked earlier. Noises sound behind me. They're coming for me. I try to run faster. Get the others! A familiar voice bellows. That girl is mine! Panic spurs me on, expelling any weariness. My eyes dart around the forest, searching for a direction to go, hoping at least for a place to hide, hindered by my bound hands. A bullet whizzes by my head, blasting into a rock mere feet to my right. I dare a glance back and see a man with his gun trained on me. They're closing in. I race around a thick tree, leaping over a rock in my way, then come to an abrupt halt. Standing in the path before me is the golden-eyed man. Ragged breaths tear through my body as I stare at him in horror. Others form a circle around us, their weapons drawn. One woman places a hand on her ear. Copy, she says. We've secured the other runners. Transport is 15 mics out, sir. The golden-eyed man doesn't take his gaze off of me as he nods. Good. I'll deal with her. The others drift away. The man's eyes narrow and he breaks eye contact. Not you, soldier. A soldier stops, a look of terror on his face. It's the man who was about to secure my leg to Shay and the other teens. Yeah, yes, sir. His voice trembles and sweat breaks out on his forehead as he casts a glance at the golden-eyed man. I want to step backward, move away, but fear washes over me in a sudden wave anchoring me in place. Golden Eyes flicks his gaze to me, then back to the soldier. What? 
happened. She need me, sir, the soldier says. Knocked me down. In a move so swift I barely see it happen, Golden Eyes is next to me, hand gripping my hair. I try to pull away, but pain seizes my scalp. He gives it a hard jerk, turning my head to face the soldier. I wince. She's untrained, bound, and she knocked you down? The words are ominously calm. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. A blast sounds near my ear, and the soldier cries out in pain, falling to the ground. Golden Eyes holds a gun in his other hand. I gasp, try to pull away, but his grip tightens. You serve the commander, soldier. Be worthy of that or face the consequences. He holsters his gun and then drags me by the hair toward the injured man. Blood runs from the bullet wound on the man's leg, and I look away as my stomach lurches. Get back to the extraction point. He kicks him in the side. And don't give me another reason to notice you. The man struggles to his feet, the pain apparently overshadowed by his fear of golden eyes. Y yes, sir. He salutes and then limps away, leaving me alone with a man I realize I need to fear. Panic grips me, and I struggle under his grip. No, no, he says in a voice that's calm, measured, terrifying. We're not done here. My heart pounds in my throat, and my eyes connect with his. You have a lot to learn, recruit. I blink. Recruit? What is he talking about? My reach goes further than you will ever be able to escape from. Try to remember that. He tilts his head to the side. <laughs> and if you forget, I will remind you. He releases my hair and grabs my upper arm in a grip so tight I can feel the bruise forming. Then he pulls me back toward the extraction site. Hopefully you didn't set our timeline back too far. My head pounds as I try to sort through what he's saying, but the words don't make sense. I stumble on a root, but his grip on my arm keeps me from falling to the ground, and he doesn't stop walking. Instead, he picks up his pace, half dragging me until I can get my feet back under me enough to keep up. Anger boils within me, burning my stomach. I will not be broken. Not like this. Not by him. My mind flashes back to the guy from earlier. Without giving myself time to think, I pull my head back and smash it into his face. My forehead connects with his nose. There's a crack. He screams in pain and releases my arm as his hands go of their own accord to his broken nose. I seize the opportunity and turn to get away. I don't think so. Golden Eyes grabs my arm and whirls me around to face him, the warm blood on his hands sticky against my skin. I flinch as his grip tightens, his eyes water from the pain and blood slowly pours out of his nose, enhancing the rage twisting his face into a snarl. My heart pounds in my chest as fear takes over rational thought. I tug my arm, try to pull back to get away from him. His grip becomes vice-like. The reality that I can't escape him flits through my mind, but still I fight. He pulls me closer, grabs my other arm, and lifts me off the ground. I kick my feet, but it does nothing. He's too strong. You will pay for this, 
He growls. He hurls me into the air. My body twists. There's no way to catch myself, to break my fall. For an instant, everything slows down. I'm floating in midair. The sky stretches above me. My body turns, and I face the ground. It rises to meet me. A rock jutting out of the earth fills my vision, and I brace myself for the impact. Bam! My head slams into the rock. Pain bursts through me as everything goes black. I hope you're looking forward to continuing this story. There will be a new episode every day for the first week until the audiobook releases on October 6, 2023. Then you can tune in each Friday to hear the next chapter. Or if you just can't wait, you can purchase the full audiobook wherever audiobooks are sold once it's released. Recruit of Talionis was written and narrated by C.J. Malesi.